Hello, welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast, hosted by me, Jack Perks. Professionally, I'm a wildlife cameraman, but I dabble in podcasting, and each Tuesday we release an episode as I have a chat with scientists, artists, filmmakers, and passionate people all about nature in a light-hearted and certainly not serious way. Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host, Jack Perks. I sound a bit grumbly, it's because I'm recording this quite early in the morning, so I apologise for that. Now, today's episode, we are going into the, the crude, the rude and the funny nature stories. So I'm going to give you a bit of a warning before we actually start. If you've got a sensitive soul, maybe skip this episode. We're dealing with some of the funnier, maybe toilet humour, some things... <laughs> Just things that go wrong when people are out and about. So it should be a good one. But yeah, if, if that's not your thing, then maybe skip this one and go on go on to another one. The, the analogy I'm using is it's the sort of stuff you probably wouldn't tell your gran. I'm going to be telling a couple of stories from my uh, expansive career, which, which very well may end my career. But, you know, sod it. It should be good fun. And I've also asked some past guests and some friends to come on and ask stories, as well as reading out a couple of readers' stories as well. So it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get cracking with our first guest and that is Kev Murphy. Kev was one of the first guests on the podcast. He's a good mate of mine. We've known each other for a long time. He is now a production assistant, I think, with John Downer, the guys who do Spy in the Huddle. Um, I think that's what he does. I should really know that, shouldn't I? But um, he's got some great stuff, so we're going to have a good old chat with Kev and find out what his story is first. Kev, how are we doing, mate? I am good. I am very tired. Nice and early that we're both doing this. Yeah, I suggested 8am because I, you know, I wanted to encourage myself and start the day with a with a nice healthy breakfast. But I'm just drinking a cold coffee and eyes are hanging out of my head. But I'm good. I'm good. That's the main thing. That's all we can ask for. What's let's let's dive straight into it. What's your um, what's your tale? So my tale is I is based in Peru. Oh wow! Um, it, it's I had I had a job to essentially follow a bunch of adventurers across Peru on public transport because I can't drive so legally. So I had to get public transport through the Andes and follow all these people on motorbikes, right. which proved quite difficult. And then I got to one city and I was like, right, this is this is going to be the big overnight, overnight bus ride. And in Peru, if you go to a bus station, you'll see that there is like 20 stands all go to the same place, but slightly different buses that right. uh, and their various qualities of, you know, luxury. Okay. So you get some that are like wheels falling off and absolutely rubbish and then others that are like first class in a plane. So being in rural Peru, I was like, the most expensive one isn't going to be expensive in UK terms. So I'll, I'll go and find the most luxurious looking one, pay my ticket, get in the queue. It's essentially a beat up school bus. This is the luxury one. A nice, this is the luxury one. <laughs> knowing now that there were luxury ones, but they were cheaper. So ah. for some reason, I was like, I'll get the high end, but 
but no it turned out to be a terrible mode of transport so this bus ride was from a town called Ayacucho to a place called Huancayo which is like a pretty high in the Andes and the overnight bus ride went up through the Andes in the dark and I found out as we were leaving that it's those kind of death roads that ever you see yeah. on the internet uh but fortunately it was at night so I couldn't see anything um, ignorance is bliss ignorance is bliss <laughs> um so I got on the bus and a lovely man came and sat beside me he was in uh yeah he was a minister so he had his white collar Turns out his name was Father Jose. That sounds very generic, but it was. Um, <laughs> and we were, you know, Google translating back and forth a little bit. And um, and then I wrote to him. I was like, how's the bus journey? And then he responded with, we travel in fear. So <laughs> naturally, I said, pray for me, please. <clears throat> so we're on our way. Absolutely bricking it. If all the Peruvians are traveling in fear, then I should almost certainly travel in fear as well. So I was like, right, get comfy, go to put my seat back. And I meet a Peruvian person's hand. He shoves me forward and he just uh, waves his finger at me and is like, no, 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 no. And then the man in front of me puts his seat back and it's like right up in my grill. I'm like, the, the seat space is reduced now to about a foot between the back of my seat and the front of <laughs> someone else's seat. And uh, because I'm the only gringo that doesn't speak Spanish on the bus, they're just walking. I couldn't all exactly over you. be like, yeah, I couldn't exactly be. Excuse me, sir, please move your seat forward. <laughs> um, so it was really uncomfortable. It was the hottest place on earth. You know, when you were like on a bus. Well, in general, when you're on a bus and you sit at the back, you're above the engine. Yeah. And it is just like imagine that, but poorly ventilated and just so hot and then we were going through overnight the toilet wasn't working sorry i'm flip-flopping back and forth here that could be any and the toilet never works is it no that's true <laughs> um but yeah as we were we were going up into the andes so you could like feel that the bus is going up a mountain basically and looking over the side of the road the side of and you can see it's just dark and then there's like water running under the bus and then there's a point that the bus goes like this and I look and the back left wheel isn't touching the road. Jesus Christ. It's just in the air. <laughs> so I just absolutely bricked myself and like closed my eyes for the rest of it. Were they, I was acting, like, were they acting like worried or is this just like, oh yeah, the wheel's hanging off again? Or were they like, oh no, this shouldn't be happening? No, it didn't. No one addressed it. No one. All right. So that, that's no one just, acknowledged that's just it. Another day in, in the bus ride. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> oh, that's a narrow bit of road there. So our wheel will hang off the cliff. And then the wheel met the ground again. And I felt safer. And yeah, it was it was the worst mode of transport I've ever gotten. When we stopped for a bathroom break, it was just like a line of about 20 people. Some were, some were ladies, so they were squatting. Some were guys. Then some towards the end were... Uh, also guys, but they were also squatting, if you get my drift. Okay, nice. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, Quite a nice arrived in... community experience, isn't it? It was. It was like <laughs> a collection of, like, babushka dolls on a <laughs> on a street, but toilet-wise. You catch um, them by something. <laughs> and, yeah, that was, that was essentially the worst mode of transport 
and the scariest evening I've ever had on a bus. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't sound good. The the we travel in fear. That you know, you must. Oh, he must. He must have uh, typed that wrong. That can't be what he meant. But yeah, no, that's definitely what he meant. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, he uh, he predicted correctly. Uh, maybe he was connected to the big man upstairs. But um, he's looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, I think Father him. Jose did pray for me, and he turned out to be lovely. But he was fine. He was the kind of guy that fell asleep with his mouth completely open and his head was like rolling about just like a, just, you know, like a floppy necked baby when they're first born, just head <laughs> swinging around completely fine. And then we arrived safely in the mountains and uh, yeah, I, I just felt like absolute shit because we were at high elevation. It was, yeah. it was awful, but it's one of those things you look back on and you're like, ah, yeah, that was fun. That was good times, that one. It's a bit like, is it in the Himalayas where people are, uh, because they've lived there so long, they're more adapted to high altitudes, aren't they? I don't know if it's like mm. lungs or whatever. So it might be these Peruvians are adapted to bad bus travel and they just can deal <laughs> with it. They're just completely fine with it. Like they did, um, I did another bus journey that went higher, but it was safer. Okay. And the the altitude there was like i think it was like four thousand meters so that is that's when the sickness starts to kick in what what does it feel like what's altitude sickness feel like you just feel really nauseous and lightheaded get a bit of a headache and you can't it's weird you just can't catch your breath oh you're like it's, it's so weird um does it go like away just eventually? walking down the street Sometimes you get used to it, yeah. Um, but I've not experienced it that much, to be entirely oh, okay. honest. All right. I okay. did feel sick. Um, but on that journey, I was, like, feeling nauseous. And again, I was the only gringo on the on the bus. But the lady next to me pulled out some uh, cocoa leaves, which are oh. the root ingredient of cocaine. Oh, nice. Um, and she had just this little bag. And she was like... And she showed me and she'd like chewed it up and stuck it like down the side of her mouth, almost like chewing tobacco. Okay. And apparently it stops altitude sickness. So, uh, I mean, I mean you could argue cocaine it probably stops most things if you're anxious or <laughs> just a little bit of Colombian. Yeah, I don't feel anything and... except paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but no, it was, um, it tasted quite nice. It was, um, and it, it kind of made me feel a bit better. So it was like a strong cup of coffee. And I took, I ended up taking a bag back here and I had it for about two years and then uh, threw it away. It's perfectly it's, it's, legal in that I was, state. I was, I was just about to say, like, uh, are we are we going to get swat on you? Like, are you allowed to bring that back? We've got it. <laughs> <laughs> two year undercover ring. We've got Kev Murphy on, on tape. <laughs> he, he had some leaves. Um, mm. So that was my tale from the mountains in Peru. Um, That's mad. I'd love to tell you more about that trip because it was it was interesting. That's Involved crazy. the story I wanted to get to. The basically the punchline is I performed the YMCA to a bunch of uh, indigenous communities in the Amazon. <laughs> so it was like a back and forth, like we're going to perform and welcome our guests, and then it was like over to you guys and inevitably because i'm me everyone in the group slowly looked at me and was like all right up you get kev that's you <laughs> and i was trying to think of a song that everyone could get involved with like physically uh so i came up with we will rock you 
by Queen yeah. and the YMCA. Cultural exchange. And the best thing about the YMCA is that it is performed by the band, the village people. And I performed it to a bunch of village people. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the that's your tale of buses and tale of buses in Peru. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Oh nice one, mate. Yeah, well I'm I now know that if I go to Peru, uh be careful what bus you choose. Yeah, maybe maybe give yourself an extra hour and see what the quality of the buses are like and then pick the right pick the right one. Okay. Well it could, yeah. it could literally be a matter of life and death. <laughs> buses fall off those roads all the time, I Jeez. found out afterwards. Jeez, yeah, you wouldn't want to know that before you get on, would you? But No, no, no. Fuck. As we said, ignorance is bliss, my man. Definitely. Oh, nice one, mate. That was great. (laughs) That was Kevin Murphy. I definitely recommend that you check out his podcast, the Rooting Around podcast. It's more kind of travel than nature, but there is some nature in there as well. Um, And it's it's a great pod. I I guest episode it on one um, as well. So it's a good podcast, so you should definitely check it out. The next one is what a listener has sent in. So I'm going to read this one out. So this is sent in by Will Pender, who said I could name and shame him, so hopefully he's okay with that. Uh, He's a very good angler, Will, in Cornwall, and he sent me this. To set the scene, many moons ago, whilst out night fishing for bass on a mark that's a fair old yomp through some sand dunes here in Cornwall, I was caught short needing a number two. By this point, the sky was starting to bright in the hazy tones of a new day's light. He's very poetic. Due to fishing with a friend, I wasn't in a position to squat and deposit my required vestibule in a closest proximity to where I was fishing. So, my only option was to reel in and make haste back to the dunes. After finding a spot out of sight for the deed, I had a much-needed movement. (laughs) As I was finishing up, a bloody great German shepherd came galloping up to me. I swiftly pulled up my trousers, and at that point... The dog's owner came running towards me and apologised for his dog's dedication and got out a poo bag to remove it. Still trying to process what was happening and embarrassment, I failed to verbalise that said turd was in fact mine. I still think about that poor chap carrying a bag of my crap around <laughs> on on his morning walk. Um, Yeah, that's always going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. I could have quite easily filled this podcast with outdoor poo stories, and um, that won't be the last one. But I, I have to admit, there was just something funny about getting caught short when you're outside, because naturally, whether you're fishing, if you're somewhere remote, or in my line of work, filming, when you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta you gotta make June and find somewhere. So that's brilliant, Will. Thanks for sending that in. Um, it reminds me of a story. Um, which I've never told publicly, but I'll tell it now. So I was filming on a chalk stream a few years ago and met up with the uh, the river keeper and he said, right, left-hand bank is what we own. You can go up and down there. You can film what you like, no problem. Right side bank is owned by someone else, but you've got permission. So it's summer. There's purple loosestrife all along the banks. There's butterflies. There's loads of ranunculus in the river. It's a really green, vibrant, warm summer's day. Um, So, okay, so I went along the left-hand bank, filmed some bits, saw a nice pike, and then I went to the right-hand bank. And I probably walked about two miles down, 
and it was very clear that this was a kind of a manicured area it wasn't completely wild but I thought okay ne never mind and I thought I'm, I better start walking back and my stomach made this gut-wrenching and it was a bit like with you know with wildlife it's fight or flight this was you know shit or don't shit so I pulled my trousers down literally on the spot and the world fell out of my ass. it was horrendous um and I should also mention at this point that I did have a curry the night before, which is always dangerous if you're going to be working outdoors. And I, I basically kind of clamped between two trees and held on for dear life while this was happening. I caught my breath, recovered from it, um, found a dot leaf. Dot leaves are great for wiping your ass as well, by the way. There's a handy tip for this podcast if you're struggling. Cleaned myself up, carried on walking back, maybe another mile and a half back to the bridge. And the keeper was there. I looked a bit sheepish, and he went, are you all right? I went, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I said, uh, who who owns the right side bank out of interest? I went, why? I went, no reason, no reason, I'm just just curious. And he said, well, do you know of a band called The Police? I said, yeah, of course I know who that is. And he said, well, Sting, that's Sting's garden. And I was like, right, okay. And he said, why, why? I said, no, no, no nothing, nothing. And he went, good, because he's got CCTV lined all up along his garden so if you have done anything he'll have recorded it so somewhere out there sting has a video of me shitting in his garden which um brings me an enormous amount of <laughs> i don't say pleasure that sounds weird but it does make me chuckle um but also yeah some someday that will come to light but you know when you gotta go you gotta go now, my next guest is Ross Burney. He's a professional wildlife camera op. He's worked all over the world, and his story involves some rather excitable chimps. Ross, how are we doing, mate? Yeah, good, very well. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, struggling on, struggling on. Um, you've got a uh, an interesting story for me, haven't you? What, what have you got? Well, it was uh, back a couple of years ago on a trip to... Actually, I can't say too much about the ins and outs, because it is still under an NDA, but... Uh, okay all right but so it was in it was in senegal in in west africa obviously okay uh, and the actual job itself so i was originally employed to go out there as a drone operator and um, getting obviously scenic shots and we could go near the subject to a point but not you know how it's further away from them really yeah so it was all set in stone to go and then last minute um the senegalese government decided to withdraw the drone application that we put in so it was all very, uh, yeah. It was it was a bit it was a bit of a tricky one, really, because obviously that's what I was going out to do. Um, so then it turned out that they'd said the company I was working for pretty much said, "Well, look, we've we've booked you anyway. Do you, would you still like to go along and be an extra pair of hands, really, on on the shoot, uh, doing a lot of like the DIT stuff, digital sort of imaging technician type thing, and then um, also going along on." On, on the actual shoot in the field as a photographer because there's only there's only three of us on the actual shoot so the idea was that I was going to go out on a, a few days to sit to see the it was chimpanzees that we were filming so yeah was, uh, okay going out and taking some stills which was was obviously incredible it was a yeah it was a great experience and uh luckily it just before that particular job came in I luckily bought a it was like a long lens for my camera I bought it in a, in a charity shop for about I think it was about 25 quid something stupid like that 
so that and that was the, the lens I was using to to get these shots. So it was really handy. But but anyway, anyway. So the story is we were out on one of these particular days where I was out with them as well with the with the stills camera, and uh, we'd been waiting for the particular sequence that we needed. They they were, the chimps usually do what we needed to do when the rains came. So once the rainy seasons came in, they they sprung into action, uh, for want of a better word. And um, yeah, we were out there. We happened to be out there as the rain started hammering it down. I mean, it, it was it, it was like torrential, it was hammering it down. And then these chimps get so excited because they're obviously waiting for the rains and they're uh, they were like, I mean, I say dancing. They were spinning round and and they were sort of throwing each other and and it was just like complete chaotic excitement. And you could, how how close you, are you to these chimps? Yeah, actually, really close. So we had obviously we had guides with us, yeah, uh, that, that like researchers that spent pretty much spent their lives with them. So the particular place we were, I think they'd been going you know, like twenty years, something like that. I could be wrong there, the exact times, but I think they've been with these chimps for so long that they kind of got to know them. So we couldn't, we obviously couldn't get as close as what they were to the chimps, but we was able to to watch right. it. But then if the chimps were to come up to you, they you, you can't really do anything about it. You can't run away. So they they would they would walk past you and things like that. So you you get really close to them. Because yeah, quite amazing. Because they they'd fuck you up if they wanted to. I mean, they're big big animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The strength of them. I mean, yeah. an example when when they were, were at one point there was a chimp that would pick up this huge rock, but like we wouldn't even be able to like maybe between the two of us we could lift it up. But this chimp would just got it as it was doing and just lobbed it up in the air and just <laughs> come just pieces. Sort of, yeah, it's unbelievable. But they, yeah, they were amazing. Yeah. So as the rains as the rains came they were doing all this dancing and spinning around and, and just going crazy. The noise was, was, was chaotic as well. And then they headed up to this tree. And as they ran up to this tree, they, they climbed up the tree. And then we obviously got closer, still within the distance of a respectable distance. But yeah. you could see that these chimps had like these, they're, they're bearing their teeth like it was almost like they were excited. And then as you looked closer, there were just two chimps just wanking each other off. Oh, not even themselves, each other. Each other, yeah. <laughs> These two male chimps. And it was just so funny. It sounds really crude. And, and it, it, it was one, maybe one of the things that you really had to be there because it was at the moment where it was all serious. And obviously, I just started working with these people. I'd never really worked. I've got really well with them. I don't yeah. get on, but you never really noticed for like a big client. And then it was, <laughs> there was kind of silence. So because everyone knew what was going on. And I just couldn't help it. And I just pointed out, I went, He's wanking him off. <laughs> and everyone just started laughing. And it just really kind of broke the ice. And at the same time, then we just couldn't stop laughing for, for well, for ages afterwards. We was out in, on this, in this pool in the crowd. You're the next Attenborough, Ross, aren't you? <laughs> He's wanking him off. <laughs> oh, it was funny. It was so funny. And it's one of the things that just kept making us giggle every sort of, yeah, yeah for the good technique on him. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I said a good, <laughs> good technique on him. Yeah, they had a good technique. <laughs> well, they seem to be enjoying it. <laughs> oh dear! So, oh yeah, god! Good. Well, that, you can't beat that, can you? Bukaki oh, of chimps just going at it. <laughs> absolutely mad! Oh god! Oh, I'd have to. Try. I'm sure there was. I'm sure I filmed it on my phone, so I'm trying to figure out the video. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd love to see that, mate. Yeah, crack that out. <laughs> Because I suppose that's the thing. Like, I mean, you you could film it with like the, your your stills camera or the proper camera, but like, there's no way on earth that's ever going to be shown 
on any nature oh, program. No, they no, they couldn't. I mean, I wasn't actually, so I wasn't doing any film and I wasn't even out there as a camera operator. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. As, yeah, they, they had like a really, uh, like a really well-known top of his game camera operator. Okay. So, yeah. So I wouldn't have done that. I couldn't just imagine that. No, just you just get, a, it. just get a close-up of him sweating. His brow sweating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God, yeah, it was that's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if it'd really work, because I think you just had to be there, but the one I thought of us was the um, was the don't tell him. But I don't... I think apart from uh, me and you, it, it probably isn't going to work as a story. Nah, especially if, if he's watching it. Oh, I don't give a fuck. He can watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the gist of it for me and Ross was basically, I won't say what we were filming because it might give away who it was and, and the organisation, but the, the the rounds of it was there's an organisation that deals with a protected animal and they're very protective over it and they get a bit funny with people filming it. But we had a licence to film it, so there's no reason why we couldn't do it. And I was under the thought that another person that we know, I'm getting very cloak and dagger here, was quite close with this organisation. So I didn't want him to know we were doing it because I didn't want the hassle. I just wanted to crack on on film. So me and Ross were, we were scuba diving. We were filming this this animal. And sure enough, this bloke who we didn't want to know turned up and I thought, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, 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 he's coming. And he walked over and we said hello. Ross was next to me. And I just turned to Ross and went, don't tell him. But, <laughs> in, my, <laughs> but in my head... I mean, it wouldn't make any sense anyway because you're not fucking telepathic. So even if I'd thought in my head, don't tell him. But he, in my head, I didn't say it very loud, but you reckon you I said it. Because I didn't know where to put my face because he was, he obviously didn't know what was going on. And then you just suddenly saying, don't tell him. But you were shaking your head at the same time. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> terrible and then just looking and i was sitting there thinking oh my god and then that's when i just had to walk away just slightly just to stop yeah you 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 pissed just yeah you you just because i thought where's ross going and you were just like (laughs) chuckling as you walked away because you couldn't hold it together and i'm just talking to this bloke thinking like yeah i got away with that got away and then he he did message me on instagram uh later that evening when you were definitely filming that animal weren't you and i was like yeah but we've got a license it's nothing to do with you um but yeah that's um subtle as a brick (laughs) Yeah, oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, that was oh, good. that was funny. Good trip in general, though. It was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was. It was really. Yeah, we need we need to do some more of those, don't we? But yeah, we'll get some more stories. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, my next guest is someone who's never been on the pod before, but is quite important to me. That's my wife. So, arguably, this is my most important guest ever on the podcast. Do you want to say who you are? Uh, my name is Emma, and I'm Jack's wife. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah sure. Who he is very lucky to have. Yeah, yeah. I know I am. I count my blessings every day. Mm. We should just state for the record: you're not particularly wildlifey, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> I do categorically no. <laughs> no, you like the fluffy things. But, I do like fluffy things. Well, we, technically, the thing we're talking about was fluffy, but not the kind of Ugh. fluffy you like. So we went to Cuba. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell the rest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were sunbathing by the pool. And uh, all of a sudden, every well, a child started screaming. And then was we looked over. Scream? Yeah, there was a child screaming. I, I, think, you're child tra- scream? I think you're over-dramatising this. Well, uh, well uh, it started crying. Not, oh, they're not, crying now. Yeah. Well, not, well, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, um, a child started crying okay. quite loudly. Okay. 
And um, we looked over and a group of people kind of converged around the side of the pool and a couple of people were pointing down the ground and immediately I knew. I was like, that's a tarantula. We should probably point out this point that Emma's not a massive fan of spiders, are you? No, I don't know anyone else that's as frightened of spiders as me. I'll give you that, you are pretty... I've never met anyone, potentially my niece, but I've never met anyone else that's as scared of them as I am. So this was a tarantula? This was a baby tarantula. So obviously you were very interested. <laughs> <laughs> you say baby, it was still pretty chunky. Wasn't it was it? big, yeah. yeah so yeah. there was, ugh, I don't know how I can really say this on without people seeing, but so he, one of the hotel staff went over and got it and he got it in one of those plastic cups that they were serving drinks in. So, I mean, it was, it was a small, pla- it's probably sort of, it wasn't like a pint one. It no. was like what you might serve water in and yeah. it was taking up more than half. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was chunky, yeah. Yeah, so he um, he held it up. You went over and said, oh, can I have a look? <laughs> and I, meanwhile, was packing all my things up. <laughs> yeah. Thinking there's absolutely... I think I had just woken up as well from a nap. So I was a bit hazy. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd just woken up into a nightmare. And yeah, I was, I was just picking all of like, my towels and things up. And I, as you were over there enjoying the spider i decided to walk over well my plan was to get on a plane and fly home (laughs) we'd only just got there (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and obviously as i was crossing the pool i realized that i can't really do that i can't just fly home so i went to the bar instead and ordered a vodka and downed it (laughs) why why is that gonna help (laughs) To calm my nerves. <laughs> oh, right, okay, all right. So, like, some secret that tranches don't like vodka or something? It, no, okay. no, it wasn't. It's not like Conkers. It wasn't no. to okay. try and get rid of them. No, That's well remembered. To... That's a good little uh, anecdote yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, well done, me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, sorry, I mean the Conkers. I mean, cause, oh, the con- <laughs> supposedly spiders don't like. Yeah, conkers, supposedly do they? they don't like. I think yeah. orange peel as well. They don't. They don't Maybe. really like that. I, I, I might be thinking of cats. No, sledgehammer works with cats. <laughs> I, I, th- I, I think they're all bollocks with um, with concrete. I don't think they work. As far I don't as know. I'm... I've never tried. I just tried no. to. I just ingratiate myself with people that aren't scared of spiders, so that they get rid of them for me. So I don't. Is have that to why worry. you married me? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was funny was the pool guy. He just treated it how we would treat like a money spider. He just like mm. ushered it into the cup. Yeah, he wasn't bothered at all. He, was he, it? This was just another Tuesday to him. Yeah. And then he just but like, oh, that's what I forgot to mention. When he released it, which I think is the reason I ran off. Although I was already thinking I need to not be near this pool. When he released it, he released it closer to me <laughs> than they'd originally found it. So there was like a little wall, and he just went and. Shoved it over the wall. That's how that's closer to me than it was before. Do you think he saw you screaming and drinking vodka and thought, she'll appreciate that? Yeah. I think he he thought other spider will comfort her. Yeah, give me a big hug. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you silly Billy. Yeah. (laughs) My next and final guest is Billy Heaney. He's been on the pod a couple of times. He is a wildlife broadcaster and we tell some tales about Cornish nudism. Because why not? Welcome back to the podcast, Billy. Thanks for having me back. It's been a wee while, but it's great to be here. And I think you might now be the most recurring guest, and this is the third time, or maybe you're tied with someone else. I can't remember, but yeah, you're winning. You're winning anyway. I'm like herpes. <laughs> I just, I just keep coming back. <laughs> herpes with a smile. Well, maybe not with a smile if you've got herpes, but great, mate. So, what, what, what story you got? Hit me with it. 
Well, I've got a couple about sort of close shaves and interesting moments with the natural world. Now, the first one that comes to mind is something that I actually spoke about on Radio 4 and Sue Perkins did me in like a kipper with this. But um, I did some Facebook Lives at London Zoo back in 2020. And my first live of the day was in Penguin Beach. And I was wearing, it was a summer, and I was wearing some rather snug shorts. I didn't realise how quite snug they were until watching the video back and i was like okay yeah they were a little bit they're a little bit snug around the cross nice anyway a lot of the penguins at london zoo have um game of thrones names character names okay so i'm having this like it's the first live of the day and i'm talking to a zookeeper and there's penguin Greyjoy, which is quite funny considering what was about to happen because of his name anyway middle of the interview first thing live he just comes in beat comes to the side and just goes straight in for the nether regions <laughs> but the only thing i can see this happening at the corner of my eye, i'm trying to talk about like climate change threats to humboldt penguins or whatever we're talking about and then as his head comes in i managed to i thought i was being really subtle but i put the microphone into my other hand so that the hand nearest my crotch i could cup myself so i effectively then cupped myself whilst talking to a zookeeper live on facebook and then he bit my hand rather than anything else um but yeah i think Greyjoy was just you know a bit jealous <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't exactly punch a penguin, can you, to stop it getting at your nuts? No, you can pick them up, though. Oh, yeah, that yeah, okay. So that, that's where we're different, Billy. My first reaction right. is to smack the penguin. <laughs> it's about uh, the that penguin. sounds like a euphemism, but um, <laughs> get it get it away from there. Like, if it's my yeah. my meat and two veg or the penguin, then the penguin's going. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, he was just looking for sprats, I think. <laughs> he thought that's sprat like. I'll have a go on that. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's one of the most memorable moments. But yeah, they, those beaks are sharp, man. He cut my finger, but I'm glad it was just my finger. Yeah, you don't want yeah you you don't want that anywhere. Um, anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, did I going off on a tangent slightly? Did I tell you my Captain Keith story? I can't remember. No. If I didn't tell you. So, because you used to work with him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for people, just to give some context to this. Captain Keith is a man who runs like a wildlife watching tour company in Falmouth. And uh, I'd never been out with him before, but I wanted to go see Tuna. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, you know, he goes around Falmouth Bay and you're looking for all the wildlife and whatever. And we, me and Josh Jagard, he was there as well. We went on this boat and there was um, there was like a mum with kids. There was an old man. There were a young young couple on there. And so it wasn't Ram, but there was a few of us on there. And um, we carried on round. And I'm interested to see if this has ever happened to you, but we were carried on around the bay and we got between, I think it was Mainporth and Helford. And yep. there's a lot of like secluded beaches there, isn't there? And he goes close in to see if there's peregrines. So we were like, okay, brilliant. So we've got his binoculars up and we look over and I just see this pink blob on the beach. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what could that be? And just pull, pulled up the bins a bit more. And it was this butt naked bloke, completely butt naked, lying on the beach. And it was so far enough that you probably couldn't hear us, but we could see, you could see anyway, you could see everything that was going on. So that was like, you know, being the juvenile that I am, I'm like nudging Josh like, look. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, another naked man pops up from between his legs. And and they sort of look at us in horror because they're like, oh, you know, and I'm just like, oh right, okay. They're not just yeah. naked bathing. They're they're having a you know a great old time. 
And I just kept looking at Captain Keeper. I thought, he's got to mention this. Come on. Because look what he, <laughs> like, uh, he announces stuff, doesn't he? Like, if you see, it's like, seal, yeah. pop, pork bar, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And um, he, he didn't say nothing. And I was just looking around, like, the, the, the kids are, like, in shock, and the old man doesn't know where to look. And, um, yeah, it was just it was just brilliant. It's one of the best wildlife encounters I've ever had. Absolutely you, went <laughs> you went to look for peregrines, and you saw a woodcock. <laughs> But uh, but it is a, it's a well known nudist beach, isn't it? Around there, yeah. There's a couple actually. Um, I this is going off on an even bigger tangent. I want I took an ex girlfriend of mine. It was our, on a date. Oh. Um, and basically one of the it could be that nudist beach as a couple. Um, but anyway, there's oh this is a yeah with my ex girlfriend. We went on a date, and a friend of mine at the time had he was in the sailing society at FXU, but right. they had access to a rib. Oh, okay. um, and he was finishing for the day and basically that nudist beach has a natural slipway in between a couple of rocks where you can get a ribbon oh, okay. uh, um, so I uh, yeah we went for a walk and went down and then I basically was like waiting for this boat to pull up it was like the James Bond moment of just a boat appearing and you get on it but that 20 minutes when he got delayed was the longest 20 minutes of my life because then all of a sudden naked Cornish Gandalf come appears from behind a rock and his beard was not quite long enough um <laughs> and then so then i had to like stall and he was like all right my handsome beauty day and then uh, i'm like come on i'm trying to text my mate and then the signal wasn't there that much and luckily this rib appears and then i said to this girl i was just like do you fancy going on a boat and she's like what do you mean i went what about that boat and then I waved the boat in and then we jumped on and went over to St. Moore's. So it was pretty fly, but it was um that was a very awkward, squeaky bum twenty minutes with some naked men. <laughs> the, you know, often that's the best way to start the day, isn't it? You know, just just meeting yep. heavily Me. bearded naked men. I mean that's yeah. what I hope for generally when I'm out. On this but... podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what people don't realise is when you don't see the video, I am butt naked when I'm doing these uh these pod, these pods. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that took a tangent. Wasn't expecting to be talking about that this morning. I was thinking no. penguins, and we've gone to naked Gandalf. So that's, yeah. that's a good one. Well, it's how you start the day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. I've definitely played it a little bit safe with some of these stories. There's some others I could tell, but they would almost certainly end my career. As usual, if you want to support the podcast, you can via buymeacoffee.com if you want to chuck us some coppers. If you can share the podcast, and if you can leave us a review, they all help massively the other thing i want to promote as christmas is pretty around the corner it's not far away is some of the merch that i've got i've got a fish poster got a fish calendar playing cards you can find it all on my website there's a link in the description of the podcast if you want to get a kind of fishy gift and you can go on there uh, and buy that i also do photography days i can take people out so maybe you want to um, give it as a gift or a punishment depending if you like me or not and then come out with me for the day and take some pictures. Now next week I'm going to be talking to a company called Colossal who are trying to clone woolly mammoths. Yep we are doing some crazy shit next week so I'm going to be talking to them all about how they plan to bring mammoths back in the next few years. It's wild. This has been the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host Jack Perks and I'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers. <laughs>